Hey, this is Coach Freddie here, inspiring people to do things that inspire them, and welcome to the I Have for Evolution, where we'll be discussing the benefits of growing and using industrial hemp for people, planet, and profit. Conversations about the history, legalization, farming, harvesting, processing, building, manufacturing, investing, and how industrial hemp can benefit people's lives, heal the planet, and how it can be used to make thousands of products and boost the economy and business. So, are you ready to join the iHemp revolution? Hey, it's Coach Freddie here, and I'm at Locust Grove Hemp Festival today, and I'm talking with Sarah Sutherland. She's the gardener here, and they planted some hemp. So, Sarah, tell us about uh, Locust Grove a little bit, how long you've been working here, mm -hmm. and then your uh, planting of okay. industrial hemp. Locust Grove was established in 1790. I've only been here 15 years, so that's just a drop in the bucket as far as Locust Grove is concerned. Okay. Uh, we started growing hemp two years ago. We didn't get down on the 14 crop. We saw it was available. They said it was research. We thought, oh, we're such a little place, historic place. Surely they wouldn't be interested in us. Turns out they were interested in us. My boss said, why don't you try for the 2015 crop? And we got it. They liked the idea of exposure in a public site. They liked the idea that we were researching with historical methods. So. Oh, that's great. Yeah. How many acres do you have here? Right now it's 55. It was 649 and a half originally. Oh, okay. How many uh, acres did you plant? For uh, acres is actually square feet, 480 square feet. Okay, well that's okay. That's that's good. Well, we have issues with anytime you break the soil, you have to call in an archaeologist because you never know who or what you're going to uncover. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right. And so tell us about Locust Grove here a little bit. What would you like to know, I guess? Well, uh... It was owned by the Cron family. It was okay. owned by them for several generations. Eventually went through the Paul family and then the Waters family. And eventually the last Waters was Lily Waters. When she died, there was some dispute with the will. And that's how this ended up on the courthouse lawn. Ah. This was literally sold in the steps of the courthouse. This could have been a subdivision, but enough interested people wanted to keep this as a historic site. They got together, they raised the money, and this became a historic Locust Grove site. Oh, wonderful. So, yeah, that, that's really great. And so you've been here for 15 years. Yep. And uh, there's the hemp festival here. So how did you start the hemp festival? Listen, we did it in 14. We didn't want to just grow a crop. We kind of wanted to expand out and make it more accessible to the public. We do have school kids that come. We have visitors that come. We have events. But we wanted to get people here to think about hemp because it was such an important part of Kentucky. Even Locust Grove has some hemp ties. There's some mention of need to plow the lower fields for the hemp crop and how much hemp seed do I need to buy to plant this many acres. So they were growing it. The neighbors, the Terrells were growing it, but it was mostly for rope. It wasn't fancy. Mm -hmm. Every farm needs rope, so you got to grow the hemp. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was a good part of the uh, military yeah. World War II. So where do you see the, the hemp growing in the future, like two or three years from now? Where do you see it going here? Hopefully that by that point it's going to be just legal to grow. Uh -huh. Right now it's it's a process to grow it. You have to go, you have to be approved, you have to go to a meeting, you have to, anytime you handle it, not literally, but you know, you plant it, you have to notify them of when you handled it. If you, Before you harvest it, you have to send a notification two weeks ahead of time so they can come sample it, make sure you're not growing the other, which we don't talk about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think if they eventually just say, go ahead and plant it, it'll make it so much easier yeah. for everybody. There. Go plant it. Yeah. Do whatever you want with it. Here's a permit. Cost you 25 bucks. That's and Vermont. 
And quite honestly, there's a big difference between the hemp that we're growing for fiber or seed and the hemp that college kids are growing for parties. Yeah, yeah. And everyone says, oh, you won't be able to tell the difference. Yeah, you will. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So... I want to thank you for being a guest on the iHamp Revolution yeah, podcast. You. Good talking and, to you. And, yeah, is there any th- last things you want to say about the, the place there? How many buildings do you have here? Oh, good heavens. I never sat down and counted them. Ah. We have the main house. We have one, two, three structures right there that are joined into one. We have the dairy over there. We have the ice house. We have a spring house down the hill. We have a double pen stock barn up on the hill. Ah. And these are all old historic buildings. Some are old. Some of them are on the foundation. We know what was there, but the building itself was torn down. I like to put a driveway through, and so we've restored that. Okay. All right. But it's kind of fun to go down to the bottom of the hill and just close your eyes and listen. You open, just think it's 200 years ago. All you can see are things that look like they looked like 200 years ago. And so it's worth uh, people to come over and and really go through this here, right? And you can walk the grounds for free. You don't have to pay to come here and walk the grounds. The tour of the house, you do need to have a dose and that's pay. But to come here and just picnic, walk around, go back in our woods and walk is free. Oh, wonderful. So come on out and enjoy it. Okay. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you. All righty. Hey, this is Coach Freddie here, and I'm here at Locust Grove Hemp Fest, and I'm here with Kirsten Bonart. Yes. Yes. Nice to be here with you. Yeah, and she's a Kentucky hempster. I am. Yes, she is. She's one of the two originals. (laughs) <laughs> definitely yeah so Kirsten thanks for uh, being a guest on the uh, I Hemp Revolution podcast uh, so tell us about the Kentucky Hempsters uh, it's you and your partner it's it's me and my partner Alyssa Kentucky Hempsters is one of our companies um, it's our promotional educational company we do a marketing program where we support uh, hemp hemp companies across the United States and they so generously sponsor our education efforts. We enjoy selling their products. Um, That's what we're actually here doing today. Um, This is the perfect opportunity to get their products in front of new audiences as well as uh, spread the good news about hemp. Uh, And our other company, uh, United Hemp Industries, uh, is is helped out quite a bit by our efforts as Kentucky Hempsters. Okay. And what's the name of that company? It's United Hemp Industries. And what's the function of United Hemp Industries? United Hemp Industries has a myriad of functions. Right now, um, it's, it is a, a licensed processor under the Kentucky Hemp Pilot Program. So we're growing five acres for research in Shelbyville, Kentucky. Okay. It's the parent company of Kentucky, Kentucky Hempsters. Kentucky Hempsters is basically under United Hemp Industries. Okay, I see. Five acres? We are growing five acres, Okay, yes. and primarily, what is that for? Oh, we're, we're growing it for a number of reasons. We're um, doing variety trials. We have nine different varieties growing out okay. of the farm. More to see, you know, what does well in Kentucky, what does not. Uh, we've gotten some good answers on that. Okay. Um, we're also um, planting a different, um, we're looking at different plant populations and how that affects how the plants grow and beat out the weeds. We've had some circumstances where the hemp's fighting out the hemp. That's not so much of a problem as actually getting over the weeds. Um, and then we're looking at nitrogen load on each of those varieties and how it affects it. So what are they for? Can you name a few of those? Um, we have about four varieties from Canada. Two are solely uh, for grain. Two are what some people like to call dual purpose varieties. Okay. We have a fiber variety from Ukraine. 
um, a fiber, a domestic fiber variety, and then um, also a couple fiber varieties from France. So we're really looking into the actual industrial applications of hemp as okay. far as fiber and seed go. So stalk and seed. Okay, so it, it's it's new in the industry here as far as growing. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, Kentucky as far as growing maybe uh, two crops a year on the same field? As far as dual cropping yeah. goes, um, I think it's definitely a possibility, especially for some of the fiber crops. Um, the Canadian grain crops, um, as far as we've seen across the state, are struggling to get above the Kentucky weeds since they're short-day flowering plants. They're a little out of place here, being Canadian varieties. Okay. Um, as far as fiber crops go, they get up and over the weeds initially. Um, if you get a crop in in April and harvest it early, I wouldn't see any reason um, why there wouldn't be um, a good chance you could get a second if you plant uh, mid-June, uh, early July, for okay. such a reason. Yeah. So you're doing this for research, but will you be using it any for some for products and everything? Yeah, we um, are lucky to have a, rela- a good relationship with our farmers who have an on-farm store. Uh, mm-hmm. They um, they sell products already. They sell Kentucky Proud products. Um, they're okay. selling some Kentucky Proud hemp products from our sponsors and um, from our national sponsors already. Um, we're looking to develop a few seed-to-shelf products ourselves, ranging from animal bedding to animal food. Um, and some, some other uh, artisanal applications. Um, not quite ready to give the big announcement of okay, what they yeah, are, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we, have, we have some good things in the works that oh, we're well, excited cool. about. And those things will go on those shelves as well. We hope to also get into some garden shops, some other, um, some other places around town, because um, we're, we're really looking forward to selling some Kentucky Proud Hemp products. All right. Well, great. Great. Uh, before we leave, uh, is there any last things you want to say about the Kentucky Hamsters or your company? What, what's your website? How's that? Um, yeah, you can find us online at www.kentuckyhamsters.com or kyhamsters.com. And United Hemp Industries is www.unitedhempindustries.com. And as far as Hempsters goes, we're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. So okay. we're, we're pretty easy to find. All right. Well, that's good. <laughs> And they're doing a good job here. Well, thank you very much, Kirsten, for uh, being a guest on the iHemp Revolution podcast. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. All right. Take care. This is Coach Freddie here, and I'm at uh, Locust Grove uh, Hemp Fest, and I'm here with Peggy Taylor, and her business is Loom Hall Textile, and she is right now in front of me spinning yarn out of hemp and uh, so Peggy how are you doing today I'm good how are you I am just doing fine Wonderful. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your company uh, loom hall textiles uh-huh. Uh-huh. well my company is what I do in terms of fibers and fabrics and textiles I raise sheep I have Shetland sheep and I use that wool to dye and to spin into yarn and then to weave into blankets or throws. I also weave with other natural fibers and so hemp is one that I'm spinning today into yarn that I'll use for weaving. Probably what I'll weave with the hemp, since it's a really good fiber with strength, uh, is I'll make dish towels. So we're weaving some hand-woven dish towels or they could be runners for the table. Uh, out of the hemp, which is a very strong fiber. And it's going to be all natural coming off the loom, but I could dye it. I could change the color by dyeing okay. it if I would like to. And what, what do you use for dyeing then? 
Well, like the blue that you see here would be indigo. Okay. Um, or I could use, if I wanted a brown, I could use walnut hulls. Okay. Which is a nice natural dye. Uh, onion skins, marigolds, there are many really good natural dyes, many plant dyes available. Okay. And to um, use the dyes with hemp, I would need salt or vinegar as a mordant, which would cause the dye to be fixed to the fiber, causes it to attach to the fiber. Oh, okay. So hemp, being a strong fiber, lends itself, after it's spun into yarn or thread, it's great for... Um, farm textiles, which would be like our burlap bags, but it would be a hemp bag or a hemp sack that you would keep seed uh, for your next harvest, or you could keep feed for your animals, or its its primary use, most people know it from uh, rope. Hemp yes. is wonderful for rope, so we, uh, we see a lot of people that know that, that there's hemp that's in rope. So the labor-intensive part of the, the hemp process is getting it ready to the to be the spun fiber. So growing it and harvesting it takes a lot of time. The spinning is pretty simple. It's it's not too hard to spin it. And we could dye it first and then spin it into yarn. We could spin it into yarn and then dye it next. Okay. And we could knit, we could knit with it, we could weave with it, but it's like I said it's a strong fiber, mm-hmm. durable and uh, it lasts a long time. It's a yeah, so it's a very earth-friendly fiber. Where did you get your 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 fiber from? This actually came from Oregon. There Oregon. is a source that I have um, that I sent for mail order. I sent for it in, in Oregon. Okay. So uh, they And where they sourced it, I'm not sure. Uh, but they carry a lot of regular fibers, wool, cotton, hemp, silk. They carry some exotic fibers like bamboo and casein fibers and so okay. on. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then, then you just spin it into thread so you, mm-hmm. can, you can do that. That's mm-hmm. great. So I can weave with it. Wow. Mm-hmm. And back on the loom, we're weaving um, in just a plain weave or a tabby pattern. And that's okay. just going to be a plain dish towel. Okay. We'll weave a long piece of fabric. Once it's off the loom, we'll cut it apart and hem the ends and have several towels out of the one length. Okay. Great. And so, so they're, they're going to be like the gray and white that you see over there. Mm-hmm. You can, you're welcome to look at what's on the loom, the blue and white. That's what okay. we're making. So how long have you been in business now? Oh, um, probably, I want to say 20-some years. Okay. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you you must enjoy it. I see you here I just, do. Just, yeah. just spinning away. I know mm-hmm. people that knit, and I know sure. people who make uh, clothes out of uh, yarn, and sure. they, they knit, and they make exotic a wonderful stuff garments. and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoy knitting. Um, I'm, I'm primarily a weaver, though, because I enjoy the woven fabrics that yeah. you know okay. patterns that I can do and so on yeah well great well, so thank you very much for being a guest on the iHemp Revolution podcast yes thank and you you're welcome I'm glad that you came by alright <laughs> thanks a lot hey this is Coach Freddie here and I'm here with Vance Roberts with New Earth Organics and Hydroproducts in Locust Grove Hemp Fest so Welcome, Vance. Thank you for having me. I know you and your wife, Nancy, uh, have a New Earth uh, Organics and Hydroponics. Tell us a little bit about that, uh, how long you've been in business, and uh, what do you guys do? Well, we've been around since 1988 when we opened. There were 96 stores in the nation that sold some of the products we sold. Uh, we were Kentucky's first organic and hydroponic store. Okay. Um, and with all the changes in the, the market and new products out there, we've discovered that the best thing that we can do for business is to train people. So we have been teaching people to grow plants for years. Uh-huh. 
And that has been the best tactic we ever could have adopted. And I encourage anybody who's in any retail business, if you educate your customers, your sales will increase. But it basically comes down, if you help people, you succeed. Yeah. And they'll become loyal customers. Yes, and friends. And friends we, yes. we have people that travel in just to visit with us. Yeah. Because we don't try to sell them anything. Yeah, they just come down and they say, okay, by mm -hmm. the way, I need this. And they, they pick up what they need. That's yes. great. Yeah. That's what good customers are about, loyal customers, is if you treat them right, they come back. I think that was a old philosophy that we've lost in a lot of industries. Oh, yes. Um, but in market analysis, there's vertical and horizontal sales. Uh, vertical, you go for quick sales and never get a repeat customer. And horizontal, you have a customer for life. Exactly. And yeah. we want friends for life. Yeah, it's more fun that way, too. It is. Yeah, yeah. So uh, tell us a little bit about your hemp uh, plans. So what do you have planned for hemp? Well, um, with Kentucky's pilot program um, in full swing, uh, we're excited because our farmers need help. Um, they need a crop they can grow that actually turns a profit. And one thing we discovered in all the events we've gone to is a lot of the people out there have not grown a plant. They just have a business idea or they're just interested, but they have no experience. They've never even had a, a tomato vine in their backyard. We're just trying to either help them ourselves or put them in touch with somebody that can help them. It, it's actually worked out. We've, we've, because of that, they have introduced us to people they have met along the way. And if we can create a network of farmers helping farmers, um, I think we might even get some of the politicians straightened out so this hemp program actually takes hold and succeeds. Education is the key. Exactly. Education is the only thing that can change anything. And I encourage everybody to know who's lobbying in your state um, for the industrial hemp programs because they're going to be speaking to people who make the laws. And if you don't get in touch with them and support them, um, your voice may never get heard. And if you want to be have some control in your life you need to be a part of the process even if it's only your local government everyone needs to be involved um, is there anything else that you wanted to say about you or your business or uh, what's going on with uh, new earth nutrition cures you quicker than medicine and um, i have to learn a lot about my nutrition well Vance, thank you very much for being a guest on the iham revolution thank you coach freddie I want to thank our listeners for tuning in today and make sure that you subscribe to the iHemp Revolution podcast on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Give us a review and follow us on facebook.com forward slash iHempRevolution. Like us and then tell your friends. Help us spread the word about how using industrial hemp can benefit people, heal the planet, and provide long-term profit. This is your host. Coach Freddie, inspiring people to do things that inspire them, and thanks for joining the iHemp Revolution.